0: listening to the Child Life Cooperative Podcast, a place where childlife professionals share their real and honest stories with host and certified child life specialist, Allie Jones. This season, we've heard how child life specialists wear multiple hats, working in numerous clinics, planning events, and even handling a hospital-wide program all alone. However, many child life professionals also make a difference outside of the workspace, and in the case of this week's guest, they get to make that difference wearing a crown. Whether answering politically charged questions in front of millions of viewers or prepping a child for a procedure, Sarah Rose Summers, Certified Child Life Specialist and recent winner of Miss USA, is making her mark on the world. This season finale episode, Miss USA, the CCLS, details both Sarah's perseverance to becoming certified as well as her Miss USA story. Now, here's this week's honest story.
1: All right, hello, hello to all of our listeners on the Child Life Cooperative. This is Allie Jones. We are concluding our podcast series this first season with a very special guest who I'm so honored to have. Would you like to say your name?
2: Hi, everyone. I am honored to be here. I am Sarah Rose Summers.
1: Hello, Sarah Rose Summers. So you are a certified Child Life Specialist. Would you also like to share the other credential if that's what you call it that you just got a few weeks ago yes
2: that'll be great I'm not used to saying it quite yet it's still surreal but I just won Miss USA
1: 2018 yay congratulations <laughs> thank you that is crazy I feel like I have so many questions when I found out that you were a certified child life specialist like I just was my th- jaw was on the floor like I feel like that's such a amazing platform that you have to share about our field in such a absolutely
2: Absolutely. It's yeah. such a unique platform. How did you find out? I haven't, I would love to hear.
1: So, um, I actually found out on my Instagram the next day that you won, I, ah. I saw someone post something about it. Like, oh, yay, we have a child life ambassador, Miss Sarah Rose Summers. And I was like, oh, <laughs> no way. So I've been doing a little bit of stalking on your Instagram. And, um, needless to say, I'm so impressed because, um, from what I see, you, just recently became certified, right?
2: That's correct. In the
1: spring. Okay, so would you mind just kind of starting and sharing about how how did Miss USA stumble upon the child life field? How did how did your journey take you to this point?
2: Yes, absolutely. So it was more so child life stumbled upon Sarah Rose Summers, who always had the dream of Miss USA. Hmm. Um, I'm from Nebraska, and I, was, I got a postcard in the mail when I was 10 years old to compete in a system called National American Miss, and it's still the system today where I send anyone to for their beginnings in pageant land, because 12 and under can't wear any makeup, there's no swimsuit competition, mm-hmm. it really helped break really shy little Sarah Rose out of her shell. I never made eye contact with strangers. I couldn't accept a compliment. I I was just shy as it could be. <laughs> I would cry when my mom would drop me off at school, those types of oh things. Oh, my goodness. Yes, yeah, so I competed, and I showed an interest. My family had no idea what this was all about. They kind of tried to brush it off when I was interested. And But for a 10-year-old girl, I mean, you know child development, I brought it up three different times, and they said, okay, let's do it. So I took five years to win my state title. And then I went to that national level for that pageant system, and I made amazing friends. The girl who was Wisconsin, we actually to this day still do mother-daughter trips, and we have gone on family trips. It was just such a unique way to make friendships, just like everyone else does in childhood with through soccer, just different ways, and that was my outlet. Mm. And always, 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 it was always the end goal to end my pageant career, if you will, while by competing on the Miss USA stage.
1: Wow, no way.
2: <laughs> yes, I, I did not expect this. Nebraska has never won Miss USA, um, and the timing was all just so... Beautiful. I wouldn't change a thing. I, I completed my child development degree from TCU's Institute of Child Development last May. Okay. During my last semester at school there, I was also doing my practicum at Children's Health in Dallas. So I would commute from Fort Worth to Dallas, which is about 45 minutes on Tuesdays and Thursdays. And then my Wednesday or Monday, Wednesday, Friday was classes. And I was in 18 hours. And I managed to graduate cum laude and finish all of that. And then I had been, obviously, meanwhile, applying for my internship experience. Mm-hmm. And I. I think, Allie, I applied to over about 25. Wow. And I ended up a little bit closer to Nebraska in Oklahoma City at OU Children's.
1: Mm, Yeah. Uh,
2: And I finished my internship there in December. I won Miss Nebraska USA right after moving home. I mean, my clinicals were done midway through December. And Miss Nebraska USA was the first weekend in January.
1: <laughs> wow. So,
2: did that, and then I sat for my certification exam between Nebraska USA and Miss USA. And my plan was to, I'm very fortunate that I had the opportunity. I, I moved all of my apartment stuff to the second level in my parents' house. So, I was one of those millennials that was living <laughs> back at home for the time <laughs> of being. But I was going to search for jobs after I got done with Miss USA.
1: Wow. So you were even (laughs) preparing for that sort of plan, you know, like still planning to... Oh, that's what
2: I was prepared for. Yeah. I was... I I did not expect this whatsoever.
1: (laughs) Wow. That's amazing. I I don't think I realized like how much you've invested at such a young age of preparing for that moment as Miss USA, but then on the flip side of that, also preparing to become a child life specialist, I mean, that's so much like two two dreams that you are really striving towards at the same time, which is really incredible.
2: Yeah. At the same time. And that took up so much in my
1: heart Mm -hmm, too. mm -hmm. What was it that kind of drew you into child life initially? Like how did you hear about it?
2: Absolutely. Well, when I was about five, I was hospitalized at Children's Omaha. And I am very close with my family. Almost all of my family Is in Nebraska. That's one thing that I was really fortunate with growing up, but no one in my family had really been hospitalized. And um, I remember, as you know, we feed off adults' energy. So I don't remember a whole lot of it because I was so young, but I remember my parents being scared. And I hadn't really seen that before. And then after that, it was just an acute diagnosis of ITP. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Blood disorder, yeah. I'm not sure if you're familiar, but I'm mm-hmm. very grateful because that can be chronic. Um, so I was just there for a short time and received some treatments. And, um, and then I ended, I realized that I wanted to be giving back to those kids that were scared like I was. So I volunteered at children's hospitals, and I donated bracelets through Project Linus all through junior high and high school. And then when I, I still didn't know child life at this point, And then when I was in college in Fort Worth, Texas, I started volunteering at Cook Children's Hospital right there in Fort Worth. Mm -hmm. And that's when I was introduced to child life. I was a volunteer, a college student volunteer within their child life department. And I instantly, I started as a sophomore. I was already almost two years into my first degree, which I ended up finishing in strategic communications. But when I was introduced to it, I called my parents back home. I called my advisor. I said, you guys, this is what I'm supposed to do. And I think in order to pursue this career, because it is so competitive and it is so emotionally driven, you have to have that moment. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so that was mine, and then we added a whole second degree plan, and here we are.
1: Wow! Wow! That's <laughs> amazing. What was it that, like, especially, um, really, like, told you that, like, this is what I need to do? Like, was there a certain aspect of the job that really intrigued oh, you?
2: Absolutely. So, like I said, I was hospitalized my parents were scary, or scared, scary, oh goodness, (laughs) I found it scary as far as the foreign environment, and I knew going into school that I wanted to work in a children's hospital setting, so with my first degree plan, my, my plan, or goal, if you will, was to be PR marketing at a children's hospital because I had never necessarily wanted to be on the other, so, other side of the medical team, never wanted to do the pokes, never. Also, I'm science isn't my thing. So <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't want that side. I wanted to be able to do um, make them smile more, more so. Um, and when I was introduced to the field, I said, oh, my goodness, this is exactly what I want to do. If you had asked me a few years ago, before I was introduced to Child Life, if I never had to work a job in, for the rest of my life, and what I wanted to do every single day, I would say volunteer at children's hospitals. Some people are like, I want to travel, or I want to read all the books that have ever been written. Mine would be volunteer with kids in hospitals. And when I was introduced to Child Life, I said, wow, that's so empowering. I love that it's a female-dominated field. Mm-hmm. I love that it's an encouraging field and that we make a difference every single day.
1: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And you even could get a paycheck with it and not have to exactly. <laughs> well, volunteer the whole time. <laughs> yeah, that's that's awesome that it just spoke to you in such a personal way so quickly. Um I'm curious too. With um, you trying to get a practicum and an internship, did you have any any trouble or pushback? Like you said, it's such a competitive field. What was that like for oh, you to handle absolutely.
2: that? Absolutely. Um, when I started applying to practicums, I just—I mean, I started that summer after my sophomore year, which was when I had just added that second degree, and I clearly did not have a ton of coursework that was required at that point, but I just wanted to get the ball rolling, get my feet wet with the application. I applied, let's see, summer, fall, summer. over five seasons
1: before being accepted
2: into practicums. Mm Oh,
1: man. by that last
2: two times I applied, I was applying in both Nebraska and Texas, and I was to the point where I knew this is what I wanted, And if I was not accepted to a position in Texas, even though it was spring semester, I was willing, or the fall, I applied for both of those and was willing to defer my education to go home to Nebraska, do my part-time practicum, live at home, and then come back to Texas to finish off school. But thankfully, that's not what happened. I... I actually even ended up having options, so it all mm-hmm. happens in the right time and in the right place. I was able to finish school, enjoy my senior year as a college student, and finish my practicum. So,
1: wow, it How... was difficult. Yeah,
2: but it all worked out.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's that's awesome. I I think it's such a reminder. I mean, something I tell my students a lot is just to to be faithful to be. Persistent to trust that the right door will open at the right time, um, which it sounds like it really did for you. But what was it like getting that rejection time and time again?
2: You know, it was difficult. One thing that I always did and that I encourage others to do is I always sought the feedback. Most hospitals are more than willing to hop on a call with you or send an email if they don't have time to chat about their feedback to you, whether you've made it to the interview portion or not, Um, and I always grew from that. Sometimes that was difficult because I applied to so many different hospitals, and at some point it is a little subjective Mm -hmm. um, because they have so many qualified individual applicants, and so I did at times get contradicting feedback.
1: Oh, really? And
2: Oh, yeah, and so at that point what I had to do was listen to both weigh the options and kind of be like a sponge soak up there all the different feedback but if it was contradicting decide what I aligned with and what my morals and my practice wanted to align with and then squeeze out the rest
0: mm-hmm. of the
2: sponge and let the rest go but asking for the feedback is so important because I grew a lot I grew a lot in my ability to take feedback I grew in what they were searching for um it was very helpful for me but yes the Mm -hmm. letters that said or the emails rather that said no we've gone a different direction they do at times just feel like they're flooding in especially when you apply to so many but Mm -hmm. it's not the end all be all that's a drop in the bucket of time even though as a college student you feel like you have to figure it all out. You have to get it all figured out. Um, but in mm-hmm. the end, it's all worth it, and it'll just. Right now, I'm talking about it, and it was in the past, and I overcame it, and here we are.
1: hmm Absolutely, that's that's great advice because I know a lot of our listeners are students that are in that season of of trying and of of being consistent. And so I, I love the way that you're talking about absorbing that feedback, being willing to ask for it. Can you remember any of the the feedback that you got, especially the ones that were conflicting? I'm so curious.
2: Yes, absolutely. At the beginning, it was a lot of not enough coursework, which made complete sense. I mean, like I said, I just applied right away. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and then in the end, I'm trying to think. I could pull up some emails. Goodness. It was more so about whether or not some wanted short answers and very concise, or if some wanted longer, more examples, specifically, Um, and that just depended on the hospital. Mm -hmm. And then internship application was way different because it's so regulated,
1: Mm-hmm.
2: and so guided and then certain hospitals that ask for cover letters send those but if they don't then don't so internship applications was definitely easier to follow that rigid guideline mm-hmm. practicum it was more so a balancing act and practice and
1: feedback and practice <laughs> mm-hmm. totally totally i mean i'm so interested to kind of Tying in with your your preparation for Miss USA, you've had to, like, be so trained to do interviewing and to answer these pretty intense questions right off You're the so bat strange. in front of millions of people. Mm-hmm. So what was that like for you then to prepare for a child life internship? Like, what sort of preparation did you do for Miss USA that may have coincided with internship and practicum, interviewing, preparation?
2: So much of it goes down to confidence. I mean, whether I'm stepping on stage in a swimsuit or I'm walking into my interview with my selection committee for Miss USA or I'm walking into an interview for an internship or if it's my first push being fully independent in the internship experience, it's all confidence. If you're hesitant or you maybe you're semi-questioning yourself, then everyone, the audience, is going to feed off of that or the children and families are going to feed off of that. So going in, feeling prepared and feeling confident and knowing in your heart of hearts that you can do it or asking any questions to your supervisor or your coaches, for example, beforehand to set you up for success and then afterwards knowing, well, what was great, what wasn't, how can I improve next time? It's all that confidence. Don't be timid. And mm-hmm. that's what
1: I would say. Mm-hmm. That's great. I'm sure you've had to develop a lot of thick skin and hearing different constructive feedback too throughout the years. Um, can you speak into that at all, or like tell any stories of times when you've had to receive feedback that's like, "Oh, okay, that's a little hard to hear," but I'm gonna, I'm gonna run with it.
2: Of course, so many times. I, mean, I wish I had a specific one that came to mind. I, growing up when I was in college, I worked at Lululemon, the athletic clothing store for two years. Oh yeah, yes, yeah, so fun, and they are very feedback driven, which is wonderful give feedback to your peers, give feedback to your higher-ups, if you will. And so they really set me up for success and that thick skin you mentioned going into child life. Because as a student, that's what this is. You don't know. You can learn in class and you can learn from your child life course, but going in and meeting these children and families and working with them You've never had that experience before. So I always asked at the very beginning that first day with all my supervisors, I appreciate constructive feedback. I appreciate feedback. Tell me me your thoughts. But one thing that I love that my favorite supervisor ever always reminded me is there's not always one way to do something Mm. in our field. And that really resonated with me. And After I would leave and say, oh, I forgot to say blankety-blank, like you do, she'd say, well, you didn't have to. That was great. They understood. It was fantastic. They feel better. They're more calm going into this procedure. It's okay. You didn't have to say the exact verbiage that I did. Um, And so that was not necessarily a constructive feedback. It was a constructive feedback for my mind. Mm -hmm. Um, But I'm trying to think of a specific. I've been so Miss USA minded right now that (laughs) thinking in child life terms is, it's funny.
1: No, I'm I'm sure. I mean, like that, that's a lot that you've gone through for one. But I think it's. (laughs) It's awesome that you have those moments to to see the way that it's helped you you grow and how by learning that by learning that you are you you're Sarah Rose you're your own person that I mean I just I hear that and you that that the feedback that you've given whether that be conflicting things that you've had to to really absorb that and then determine what is best for you like what what do you need to be in order to be Miss USA or Miss Nebraska or Miss Child Life Specialist which is really neat and I'm curious too once you actually got this coveted internship um what were your rotations what was what was that kind of like jumping into the hospital
2: absolutely so my first six weeks were with my role model and just if I were supervisor I would strive to be like her. She was fantastic at giving me feedback, encouraging me, giving me the pushes when I needed to be strong and independent and confident in that. And that was in the emergency department. I experienced my first traumas there. I experienced my first death. I experienced. I also shadowed a couple days during that rotation in the NICU and I had been volunteer at the NICU in Fort Worth and was a cuddler Um, Mm. but I experienced my first infant death and then my second six weeks we had two weeks where we were choice weeks I was in I floated around throughout the hospital one week and then the second week I was in oncology I was in the clinic which was a very different experience and they had just recently moved a child life specialist to the clinic so I was kind of learning with her as she was going and that was fun as well. Very, very different than the ED. Mm. Um, and then my second six weeks were in cardiothoracic surgery and the PICU.
1: Wow. Very diverse. And I,
2: oh, yeah. Very diverse. And I learned so much. By the time I left, I had played for, um, Connect Four with a newly terrible terrible situation um quadriplegic eight-year-old whose mom didn't we were trying to teach and encourage that he could still play that he was still her eight-year-old boy um and I had done a trach teaching with the mom and it was it was very empowering I had a lot of of experiences as a student that I'm grateful for that would propel me to be confident going into
1: a job interview. Mm, That's wonderful. What area did you kind of gravitate towards? Um, Was there a a particular unit or population that you really enjoyed working with?
2: I loved the emergency department. I was so excited to go back there my last week um during my internship and be fully independent i loved the fast pace of it all i loved the de- that you see all of the demographics all of the populations all of the ages um the mm-hmm. preparations. it was, that was my favorite area, which mm-hmm. I did not expect. I thought that I would be in a more slow paced, long-term relationship type floor. And that's why you just have to go in with open mind.
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, definitely. And just kind of see what, what your strengths really lend themselves to. And, Did you find I mean, I know that you've got to be pretty comfortable and confident as Miss USA of working with um, different patients. I don't know if you've done a lot of um, hospital visits yet um, or like if you did with Miss Miss Nebraska. But Uh um, would you say that there's kind of a, a difference for you of Miss USA going in and meeting patients versus Miss Sarah, the child life specialist?
2: Absolutely. Well, as a child life specialist, I mean, you know all the, and all of your viewers know all of the different hats that we wear. Um, But one would be normalization, and that is one of the sole hats as a child life specialist that I get to do as Miss USA or Miss Nebraska. USA and um, I'm really glad that the Mace Universe organization has strong partnerships and strong relationships with I'm not sure if you've heard of Project Sunshine before
1: oh yeah uh huh yes and
2: so they are great partners and what Project Sunshine does is they bring people into children's hospitals to bring smiles bring sunshine so I'm really excited I have all my normalization and therapeutic crafts up my sleeves that I'm excited to bring and make some superheroes, and make some princesses, just warm their days a little bit, and rather than, obviously, I won't be Miss USA preparing for a procedure that would not be appropriate, but I am very excited to do some, I mean, isolation room visits, and and that's different. I wouldn't expect all Miss USAs to know, get on their level, wouldn't know that, there are some patients that can't come out of their rooms, you know? It's Mm -hmm. it's a unique opportunity that I have to utilize the skills that I've learned through child life in these situations. We also work with Smile Train, which is beautiful. If you have Mm -hmm. not heard of it, you should look it up. I'm going um, on a trip at the end of this month um, abroad to work with the organization, and they help children with cleft palates.
1: Oh, so neat. So That's I'll amazing. Be there in
2: surgeries and...
1: That is really cool. It's, it's so neat to hear the way that Miss USA lends itself to these opportunities to normalize the environment for kids. And, yeah. I mean, I think about how a lot of times child life specialists are the ones that are facilitating visits of... Um, you know, sports players or yes. musicians or something. But now you get to be on the other end of being that special visitor that the kids look forward to seeing and the hope that you can provide, which is so awesome.
2: Thank you. I'm, I'm on top of the world about it. And that's what's so unique there are many other organizations that the Miss Universe organization partners with, But the staff cares about where my heart is and where I want to be. And so those are the two organizations that I'm most excited to work really closely with this year because of my experience in child life. Mm -hmm.
1: That is neat. Mm -hmm. I'm so curious. Like, this is something that I I thought almost immediately. Um, So did people ever recognize you as... Miss Nebraska or like did did hospitals know about the pageants that you had been in or how how did that work or how do you foresee that even working in the future
2: Um well you know the all of our professional boundaries some mm-hmm. of no interactions on social media and I feel as a student not a lot of no one really knew and going into and internships and practicums. I did not often put it on applications, not in any way that I'm ashamed by it. I'm so proud of what pageantry has brought, But our society sometimes does have not a negative connotation to it. And that's one of my goals this year is to combat that because it's not all true. Um, We're not cookie cutter. We all have our different experiences in life that have led us to these moments and reasons we want to hold this position. But I didn't put it on my applications. But somehow they always, the staff, the other child life specialists and mentors and supervisors did indeed find out mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I haven't had patients necessarily know at this point but I had one mother reach out on social media after I won Nebraska and I just said a simple thank you and obviously did not follow back and she's a frequent by her family during mm-hmm. one of my clinicals and so she knew the the guidelines and boundaries. So she was completely fine, but very sweet to just reach out and congratulate
1: me. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. And I, I would imagine that people, you know, as they continue to see your name popping up in headlines and things like that, that, I mean, something that you can't exactly hide, but, or have, like you said, have any guilt or shame associated with it. But I guess what are kind of your boundaries, like when you do relate to staff or um, to people that no, Like, do you have, like, certain things that you say or do not say or um, anything like that that you've thought through?
2: If I'm talking with, most of the staff has been child life staff and they're just excited women and have lots of questions. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I mean, I haven't had to interact with anyone that thought of it in a negative light. Most people have a lot of questions, but, I mean, you could see... It's similar to when you have, a, for example, a new male resident that is from, from maybe a different country and is, has no idea what child life is, and it's our job to teach it to them for the first time and for them to respect it. Mm-hmm. I think that I would go about it in a very similar way that I do in that exact situation, which I have had to do before. Um, and I think that's very similar to USA. But
1: mm-hmm. if I had
2: patients in the future that knew me in that way, I mean, I guess I've kind of, like, a leg up, some sort of rapport already established before mm-hmm. I walked in the door.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. That makes sense. It's a new way of connecting. I mean, it makes me think about, like, in a very loose way, but, like, meeting a patient that has the same name as me, where it's like, oh, your name's Allie too. Exactly. So fun. But now it's like, oh, you know, like, yeah, let's talk about this. and,
2: mm-hmm. um, and Exactly. I, Who's your favorite princess? Or right. Where did you see? Yeah.
1: Yeah, exactly. absolutely. Um, so, kind of going back, so you have, you're, you're doing your practicum, you're doing your internship, you're also preparing for Miss Nebraska and Miss USA. How in the world do you go about balancing all this, this <laughs> on your plate? Like, what, how do you manage your time? I'm so, so amazed by that.
2: Well, you are too kind. Um, well, I, my practicum was last spring and Miss Nebraska USA was in January. I did anticipate competing this year, but it was all dependent on if I obtained my internship experience for the fall or not, because if I didn't, I would not have competed. I would have hopefully gotten an internship in the spring, um, and I would not want to hold the title of Miss Nebraska USA and do an internship at the same time, just due to that balancing act and I'm definitely a dedicated student and I'm a dedicated title holder and I don't think that that would be respectful of both organizations and opportunities so once I obtained my internship thank goodness I went that last summer to work a camp for children who have been traumatized in the foster care system and have behavioral issues I was up in Alaska for a month And, I mean, I missed a USA really was not on the mind at all. I was eating corn dogs every day and playing with my camper and being spit on and hit by my camper and um, just growing (laughs) a lot last summer. But then when I moved to Oklahoma City, I, I really had to plan. I had a planner that I used with my little lifeline, but I also had to be flexible with it. So when things would change or I remember one day I was at the hospital for hours and hours and hours later than anticipated because I had an opportunity as a student to observe an organ procurement
1: ooh what is that
2: uh, um for transplants mmm so when they the patient has died and they harvest the organs
1: oh I see Okay. for
2: organ donation yes Yes. So I was able to watch that procedure, like surgery.
1: Wow. Uh, It
2: takes a long time. And so that day I didn't get my workout in. Like I, my planner was not the end all be all. That was an amazing opportunity that I was so grateful to have, and that was my priority that day. Um, Another thing I did in order to time manage is going into Miss USA. Obviously, fitness was important, but being confident going into interview and being confident going into those top five, top three questions which are often political, often current event oriented. So I would always record the news or record the view specifically because that's multiple women with different viewpoints on hot topics and current events. And I would watch that while at my apartment gym. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that was my little trick there.
1: Multitasking.
2: Yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. And then I would do my child life homework and then I'd go to bed and do it again.
1: <laughs> wow. Wow. How do you fit in self care in the midst of that? Or maybe some of those to do list items are self care, but what does that look like in the yes, midst of everything you're doing? Absolutely.
2: Weekends I would always plan some sort of self care. For me, whether that was driving down to Texas where I had been in school, which was just three hours and spending some fun with spending some time, I'm sorry, with friends and just enjoying their company because I didn't know anyone in Oklahoma City and it was such a short time to form those friendships Um, so I would just go down to Texas and do that a few times or I'd stay in and rest but ultimately in college I got certified to teach blotties. I love fitness and I love little fitness classes so when I had time I would explore Oklahoma City and instead of just going to my apartment gym I would go to a fitness class and I wouldn't watch the news and that would be my Mm self-care
1: hmm That's awesome. That's neat that there's there's some overlap with the things that you enjoy and, and that you're able to set boundaries, too, and, and mark out time for you to recharge and to replenish. Very important, yes. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Absolutely. So um, now kind of transitioning. So you're Miss USA. For those of our listeners who are unfamiliar, can you share Maybe. a little bit about what oh, this year means for you? Oh,
2: absolutely. Well, first off what the title means for me is I'm the first Miss USA from Nebraska mm. and whether what that means is so much like that means the world's me I because being from Nebraska like I said my my goal from such a young age was to compete on the Miss USA stage Miss USA stage out of Nebraska. I would never said win Miss USA out of Nebraska because I never necessarily viewed that as an attainable goal. I viewed that as a, more of a dream um, that I hadn't even spoken to reality.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: But... Now, I hope to be an example for all the young women or men or anyone that may be hearing my story that no matter what state you're from or no matter your career or your height or your skin color or your hair type, whatever you view your obstacle or if you know anyone in the child life field or if you've had a personal experience in the hospital, whatever your obstacle is, not to let that deter your dreams, because you, if you follow your heart and you're 100% you, which is what I did during the Miss USA competition, that's what I did during all of my interviews for child life positions, it will happen in the end, in its time, if it's supposed to, and so winning this title means so much to me as being the first in Nebraska, but this year, a lot of what it looks like is A lot of travel, which is amazing. So after Mm -hmm. winning Miss USA on Monday, the 21st, I slept there where USA was held, and then they flew me out with my manager and the PR team and social media team to New York City. I am actually talking to you right now from my New York City apartment. Mm -hmm. They have... The Miss Universe organization owns an apartment here in the city where I live with the Miss Universe. Her name is Demi, and she's from South Africa, so I... She's traveling a lot out of the country right now, but we've overlapped for I think only one day in the two weeks. But oh, wow. I was learn from her, learn about her culture, which is so important in life, but also in our career in child life. Mm-hmm. Learning about different people's cultures and respecting that and asking questions and listening to the answers. Um so I'm living in New York City. Last week I was in boston for a best buddies event it'll be a lot it'll be a lot, lots of amazing opportunities to form relationships and make an impact and then at the end of the year i will be competing at miss universe so Woo. you guys can watch on tv
1: oh that's awesome when does that take place
2: it has not been announced yet it's also in the works it's like a it's a puzzle trying to put all that together. So it hasn't been announced where it's going to be, in what country, and it hasn't been announced the exact date. It'll, it will likely be at the end of this year, the very beginning of next. Okay. And, um. That's really exciting. That's a fun opportunity, and I'm still trying to grasp the fact that I'm representing you guys, and where you are, and I'm representing Nebraska, and all of New York, the whole country. That's pretty empowering, and it's Mm. a very humbling place to be, so the year is a whirlwind. Absolutely.
1: Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. And, and with that whirlwind, you may not even know the answer to this question. Are you, um, are you thinking you'd like to become a child life? Sp- I mean, you are certified, but like, are you hoping maybe after this year and who knows what happens with Miss Universe? Um, right, right, right. what are absolutely. your child life goals?
2: I, I, that hasn't changed for me. Um, Like I said, that moment when I was in school, I'm not closing down any other doors or opportunities that may arise from this year, but I do love child life. I love what we do. I love, I mean, truly... At the end of the day, the impact that we can make in all of the different hats we wear and all the different units, that's where my heart is. And so I do see myself there. Like I said, I'm not going to say no to other opportunities. Um, Mm -hmm. I have no idea what my future holds, but that goes back to being flexible and being excited and just open to whatever the future may hold. I don't know if that will look like a child life opportunity abroad I have no idea my, my dreams might be a little bigger now um, mm-hmm. I'm not sure but yeah. I, I definitely see myself still working with children in some capacity and I think this year I'm grateful to have an organization that's respectful of my career goals and aware of them in that they're listening to me um about appearances that I desire to make so that I can keep my job back skills to some extent still
1: up and going. Mhm. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. And I'm sure you you're, you're going to be able to do that in so many ways like just how you mentioned this this opportunity you have at the end of the month that there's going to be ways for you to really make such a positive impact mm-hmm. for for children and families and to provide them with hope and special moments. And, and that's just exciting that you're, you're just keeping it a very open hand with whatever door is opened next, that clearly you've been very surprised in the past. And so I am curious. (laughs) Yeah. I'm curious too. Um, as the child life community is listening to you for this podcast, um, and how you're bringing great awareness to the field. Are there any ways the Child Life Specialist community can support and partner with you?
2: Oh, you're so kind. I I mean, I would love to, one of my goals this year, I was on Live with Kelly and Ryan, my first day here in New York City. The first two days are full of um, interviews, media, and I think I did 20 within two days, which was crazy. Ooh. They were starting to blend together, but it oh was goodness. really fun, and I, I was able to be very present in all of them, which was a blessing, but I one of my goals this year after chatting with Ryan was to visit all 10 of his Seacrest studios. Wow. Are you familiar?
1: I am, yes, yes, in different so, children's hospitals, right?
2: Mm-hmm. He has 10 across the country, and... During my practicum, my at children's health there in Dallas, they had one. And so I was able to see firsthand the impact that it can have. And then at OU Children's, they did not have a secret studios, but they did have a recording studio um, for the in hospital television. In circuit TV and music therapy, they had who came around and um, just did amazing things. Whether it be writing songs for patients or recording heartbeats and putting it to their mother's voice, it was ugh, just so beautiful mm. and impactful. And so I'm really excited. That's that's one of my goals this year. And so maybe some of the people listening will be at one of those hospitals, or I'll see them at Project Sunshine. But I. I'm just honored to have this opportunity to speak to our career because it is so important mm-hmm. and many families we have to introduce ourselves and our services obviously every time we enter a new room and they've never even heard of bike before mm-hmm. so maybe I will be able to change a little bit of that this year
1: definitely that's awesome well thank you so much for being our ambassador in that way too and, um, and- being just eloquently sharing about our field and, um, being bold in that and being so open to caring for kids and families and and being so excited about that. That's, it's truly awesome to have someone that has so much evident depth and knowledge and intelligence and passion representing our field in that way. And now representing our, our nation in that way too for Miss Universe. So Oh, thank um, you.
2: That's so crazy to hear still. I know.
1: And I I, I so I just so appreciate your time. I know um, we're having an extended time for our podcast. Typically, we have 25 minutes, but there's just so much to talk about with you. But <laughs> I, I do want to um, wrap up with our rapid five, five different All questions right. with five brief answers. Are you ready? Yes, ma'am.
2: Let's
1: do it. Okay. I won't ask you about going to a rally and what you'd write on a poster board I promise or a march I should say yes I think I would say the exact same thing <laughs> perfect so number one what would make you more nervous having to prepare and support an especially anxious three-year-old for an NG tube placement or getting ready to interview or answer an interview question in front of millions for Miss Universe Perhaps an anxious three-year-old really no way uh,
2: Absolutely, because, I mean, if I butcher the question, I don't want to miss USA. Oh, well. <laughs> I mm-hmm. mean, um, obviously, that's the end goal, but I'm just being me, and I answer the question how I believe, and I also have no issue on a stage or in an interview saying, I don't know, if I don't know. Um, but I would never want to, like I just said, butcher a question like I would... I would never butcher a prep that would be terrible Mm -hmm. especially for an already anxious three-year-old because then that would only provide more anxiety for future placements Mm -hmm, mm -hmm.
1: that makes sense um number two you have shared that eating healthy is something that you value in this this aspect of fitness too um do you have a favorite cheat meal though and if so what is Uh it
2: absolutely i have eaten my way through new york city the last two weeks and through boston i am an italian freak and i've always had new york style cheesecake that my aunt makes at home in nebraska for my birthday so i have indulged in some new york style authentic cheesecake and that would be my post miss universe dream
1: i love it that's awesome (laughs) Number three, what is your favorite child life service to provide to patients? Preparation,
2: because we can watch with our eyes how much more calm and at ease and confident patients, whether it's uh, an adolescent or preschool age or even the parents for to sake, how much more at ease they are going into a different procedure than before. Because we know from research that the unknown is so much more often scarier than the known.
1: hmm. Absolutely. Definitely. That's awesome. That is it.
2: Memory making would definitely
1: be up there. Yeah, that is a very, very special opportunity for child life specialists. Very intimate. Mm-hmm. Number four. What is one fun fact about you that most people don't know? I. In a mosquito
2: net, under a mosquito net, in the Amazon basin, when I was studying abroad in college in Peru.
1: Wow! <laughs> no way. And
2: then I hiked Montu Pichu.
1: Wow! That is yes. awesome. Very cool. Very. Um, I did not know that. That is. That sounds like quite the adventure.
2: I was excited to tell your listeners that because we are, I'm, I'm sure, more child life focused, and not a lot of people. May be familiar with Miss USA, and the stereotype is the cookie cutter, always in
1: heels and mm.
2: hair done. Absolutely not. Oftentimes, I'm rolling out of bed and going on a hike. So I was excited to tell you guys about that.
1: I one. love that. That's awesome. And number five, what helps keep you grounded with all this new recognition and fame?
2: Uh, first and foremost, my faith, but also my family. They're really supportive, and my dad, his number one. I mean, I up and flew away the next day after USA, and they went back to Nebraska, and my dad said to keep my feet firmly on the ground and just stay humble and not let this year change me. And I'm a very joyful person. I think um, you'll see a lot of that in our field, obviously, because we love working with kids and... um, I was running through Central Park the other day for the first time, because this is my new home, and I was smiling and waving at people as they walked by or ran by, and I got some crazy looks, um, I got a lot of ignored faces, but a few Aww. smiled back, and so I'm just not letting that Northeastern spirit um, or normal way of communicating with others get to me. I'm staying my happy, joyful Midwest self, and I'm trying to stay humble through it all.
1: Mm-hmm. That, is, that is awesome, Sarah Rose, and... Um, you keep smiling at him and waving (laughs) all you can. And, um, I just, again, thank you so much for taking the time, especially in all the busyness of your life and in the the different projects that you have. I really appreciate it. And thank you so much to all of our listeners for listening to the Child Life Cooperative podcast. Again, this is the the end of season one, but stay tuned for season two. And, um, in the meantime, be sure to follow the Child Life Cooperative podcast. Um, Instagram. And in the meantime, may we all learn by reflection, unite for support, and equip students to advance the childlike profession. Thanks so much.